My name is Renee Cooper, and I host and produce the Dixon Firm's For Justice's Sake podcast, which usually will feature Rod Dixon, but also feature some of our other attorneys. Uh, This month, we planned a special virtual event to show off uh, our faces and hopefully get some live engagement from the community and the audience. So today's topic is about shootings and assaults on private properties. And we have attorney Rod Dixon, who will get into more specifics about the area of personal injury law. Thanks for joining us, Rod. And uh, do you mind giving a brief introduction of the firm and your legal experience? Sure. Thank you. Um, My name is Rod Dixon, and I started this personal injury firm about 12, 13 years ago. We specialize in representing people who've been injured, and that's 100 percent of what we do. And we um, enjoy the opportunity uh, from a professional standpoint to help those who've been victimized uh, by acts of negligence. And I thank everybody for uh, watching us now. And uh, Renee, let's get started. Awesome. Uh, so, and I'm also glad to be working with you and for and the Dixon firm in general. And uh, really excited for you to share some experience on the civil side of, of law for us. So first, a little bit of backstory. In Atlanta, one of the most recent uh, shootings happened at a nightclub called Loca Luna. It was a super popular, long-time standing uh, Latin club here in Atlanta. And due to the recent shooting, it shut down basically for good uh, just a couple, just last month or two months ago, than last month. Since planning this event, there have been even more deadly shootings, uh, one at a South Atlanta gas station that has been called locally the shoot 'em up Chevron, which is not a good look. Uh, also at a South Atlanta apartment community and even very recently on the Beltline in uh, Old Fourth Ward. So this is something that is happening on, you know, in public places where people have access to, uh, where there's a lot of audience members, a lot of community members go to these areas often, live or work or you know, just trying to be in this area doing things in their life. So also in Columbus, Georgia, we have actually had some clients uh, from Columbus, but authorities are considering shutting down a gas station in in that city uh, where multiple shootings have also taken place over the span of a year. Across major metro cities in Georgia, shooting crimes have increased 6%, especially in the midtown and downtown areas. And according to news articles, the number is even higher since pre-pandemic time and cases. So... Uh, Rod, the first question I have is what determines if a shooting crime or shooting case is criminal or a civil claim in general? Sure. Well, any shooting is by its nature um, something that is subject to criminal inquiry. And by criminal inquiry, we mean law enforcement, uh, police, prosecutors. And certainly if there is no defense to the shooting as self-defense, for example, then the criminal justice system will step in and address that matter or should step in and address that matter. We all know sometimes they don't do what they should do or do what they should do um, or do what they should appropriately. But in any event, anytime someone is shot, that brings into play the criminal justice system. Now, at our firm, we don't really have a role in that. Um, we, We don't prosecute cases. We don't bring charges against individuals. But what we may do, 
depending on the circumstances, is put our clients in a position to bring a civil case or a civil lawsuit or a civil claim against uh, the shooter, but more so our focus is bringing civil claims against the business whose negligent security allowed the shooting to happen. Uh, businesses in Georgia and, and across the United States have an obligation to do what's reasonable to keep their customers safe. And when I say businesses, I mean hotels, gas stations, as you alluded to earlier, nightclubs, apartment complexes. Um, any business has an, oppor- an, a, a, an obligation to take reasonable steps to keep the customers, the patrons, uh, the tenants safe. And when that does not happen and someone is hurt uh, and by being shot or stabbed or sexually assaulted, um, then we can come in and represent that person who was injured in a claim against the business whose security was deficient. So you mentioned a lot of different locations that could be, and do have that obligation. What if something were to happen, let's say at a public park or within the vicinity of something like the Beltline? Does that sort of still, where does the responsibility lie in those cases? The, the responsibility, uh, as I alluded to, always lies with law enforcement. Uh, even in, with a civil claim against a business, law enforcement has a role to prosecute the shooter. Uh, when we are talking, though, about a public place, by public place, we mean a place owned by the city, the county, the state, such as a park. There's not really much a lawyer like myself can do from the civil side to bring a claim against the city in that context, especially regarding a public park, because there are laws on the books that preclude liability against the city or or the state for an intentional act that occurs in a public park. The intentional act in this circumstance would be a person pulling the trigger and it being on public property. And so, no, we would not attempt to bring a claim against the city in that regard uh, because it almost certainly will be unsuccessful. Mm. So who can you sue if say in, in certain cases like local Luna, they had to close down. So let's say somebody wanted to bring a civil action against a nightclub or a gas station that is being closed down because these incidents are happening too often. Does someone still have a claim and a possible case? Sure. If a business closes after a shooting or after an incident, uh, that does not mean that business absolves itself of legal liability. And so one of the first things to keep in mind is that when we pursue claims against businesses, and and, and this is important, uh, most of the time the businesses have insurance that provides coverage to them for negligent security acts. And so with this insurance, for example, um, and and I don't know this to be the specific case with Loca Luna, but Loca Luna uh, might've had insurance that covered shootings that occurred in January, February, March of 2022. So even if Loca Luna closes, 
that insurance coverage still provides coverage for acts that took place during the coverage period. Mm -hmm. And so the law allows us, even though a business closes, to file suit against that business, because even though it's closed, we still know who owned it and where it was located and, and those pertinents. We can still make a claim or file suit against the business, and that business still probably has insurance coverage for that incident. Now, the, one of the things that has taken place um, that has taken place with more frequency um, over the years is uh, that some businesses are deciding not to purchase insurance coverage for negligent security, for shootings, for stabbings, for physical assaults, because, well, I don't want to get too cynical. Uh, they just don't want to pay the premiums associated uh, with, with that coverage. And so um, we've seen num numerous cases at our firm where businesses simply did not have insurance coverage. That does not mean you cannot sue them. You, you, you always can. What that means is if you're successful in your suit, there may not be um, money available to pay for your successful claim. So we have to take all of these things into account when determining how, when, why to pursue a case against a business. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so how, and this may be splitting hairs, but how close to a property does something have to happen for it to be a case? Insurance kind of aside, like there are a lot of times, like recently a, a drive-by occurred, which could have been on the public street, but towards a gas station. I know each case is different, but do you have to look at that before you can decide if you have a claim or is that part of taking it on and doing investigation? That's a good question. And uh, it's part of investigating the claim. So the law says that businesses uh, are responsible for what happens on their property, their, their proper property, the, the boundaries and the approaches to that property that are under its control. And so um, a sidewalk, for example, right in, in front of a business is owned by the public. It's, it's the city. But if it's an approach to the business that is essentially controlled by the business, then that business can be held responsible if, for example, someone stands on that sidewalk and shoots into the business. Mm. Okay. Um, this, uh, an example of this occurred um, within the legal circles anyway, famously, uh, with regard to Six Flags a few years ago. Um, there was an incident on the property of Six Flags that spilled over into uh, and onto the, the sidewalk and streets in front of Six Flags leading to the entrance. And our courts there said Six Flags essentially exercised control over that public approach such that it was responsible for the shooting that occurred, um, the assault that occurred on that public portion of the property. Now, if we're talking about something like a drive-by where a, someone drives down a street, then that, that, it becomes a little bit more more of a problem 
for a lawyer such as myself or a firm such as this, uh, because the law states quite clearly that if it's a general drive-by situation, um, then the business uh, cannot be held responsible for that. And if you could imagine, if we're out on Peachtree Street, uh, sitting in a coffee bar on Peachtree, and someone drives down Peachtree and rolls down the window and starts shooting into the business and drives off, you have to ask yourself, what could that business have done to prevent that? You know, in this circumstance that, or example, the business is not in control of Peachtree Street. And so what could the business possibly do to prevent someone from driving by and just shooting in? And so the law is not going to hold that business responsible in a situation like that. Mm. Well, however, in, in some cases, if this is happening pretty strategically or, or pretty regularly, even once or even twice or three times uh, in a similar location, that is something to really look at. Like that's something to be more alarmed about. Yes, absolutely. One of the hallmarks of these cases is our obligation to determine what the business should do to help keep customers safe. And that is determined by what has happened at that business in the past, generally speaking. So if you're at a business and there's never been an assault, there's never been a shooting, there's never been anything uh, from a criminal standpoint that uh, caused bodily harm to someone, and then something happens, the law may step up and say, you know what, that business was not on notice that um, that these types of crimes would occur. And if you don't know that something like that is, is, is likely to occur on your property, then why should you have to do something to guard against something that doesn't happen? Hmm. The law is not going to require you to guard against things that you, you have no suspicion could occur. Mm. And so at the, the Chevron you, you mentioned earlier, well, I would venture to say that if there's a place with a nickname like Murder Chevron or, 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 or something like that, that things have happened there in the past and that Chevron ought to have um, enough security to try to prevent things like that. Uh, from happening in the future. And when I say security, I don't mean necessarily security guards, but security measures. Okay. And that actually was going to lead to a follow-up question of what type of insurance is obviously the best security overall, but is there like a minimum type of security to have that I guess helps an investigation for cases like this or just could help the business and or the community in general to feel safer or there, there are various security measures there is no the law doesn't set a minimum or a maximum or a specific type it just has to be reasonable for the circumstances mm. and so there are some circumstances where uh, having security cameras and that alone is considered reasonable there are circumstances where having a fence around the business and that alone is considered reasonable. There are circumstances where having really bright lighting is sufficient under the circumstances uh, and that's considered reasonable. There are other circumstances though where a place 
a property, a business, um, where there's so much crime that, that a lot of things have to be in place. You have to have good lighting. You have to have uh, good visibility out of the windows. You have to have fencing. You have to have live security guards. You have to have live armed security guards. You have to have metal detectors. So it all depends on what has happened in the past um, to determine what you need to do as a business to protect your customers in the future. So let's say the most extreme of security measures are even still put in place. If someone is still hurt on the property, should they still seek out a lawyer? Yes, uh, because even if part of our job is to investigate, to determine whether the measures were appropriate, and there can come a point where, I don't know, let's, let's just say, as you phrase it, extreme security measures are in place and things are still happening. Well, a lawyer like myself will come along and say that business should not have even been open and operating and inviting people in if it could not prevent or quell this crime that was occurring that led to these extreme security measures. And another part of the security um, case that we pursue sometimes, it's not just the security measures in place, it's what are you the business telling to the customers or to the patrons? In other words, are you warning them that this is a high crime establishment? Now, most businesses, most nightclubs or uh, hotels are not going to make that warning because if they do, guess what happens? People don't go there. They're not going to say we're having a lot of shootings on this property. Just to warn you, come in at your own risk. You know, that's bad for business. But if they do not provide appropriate warnings to unsuspecting customers, then they can be responsible for not providing those warnings. This comes into play a lot with apartment complexes and tenants. And if you live in an apartment complex, you might have experienced this. If something from a criminal aspect has happened, the good places will, or the places that are living up to their responsibility, will send warnings to the residents. Hey, there was a break-in in the apartment complex uh, last night. The good, the places living up to their, their obligation will do that. Um, the ones that don't live up to their obligation won't say anything. And then the next night there's another break in and someone's hurt. And we go to the apartment complex and say, you knew this was happening and you didn't take the simple step of telling your residents so they could be just a little more on alert. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I know most, especially now, as there's a lot of renters, people can probably re really relate to uh, probably looking back in their own emails to see, did someone tell me when that was happening around where I live? Um, so kind of changing it up a little bit, let's say something happens at someone's workplace. So as an example, kind of tying into local Luna's situation, there were employees who, after a shooting, were trying to leave, but they were 
either stopped, maybe they fell, maybe a patron or someone got trampled. They weren't actually involved with the direct shooting, but they were hurt uh, or sustained injuries because they were trying to leave. So from a either employee perspective or even another patron perspective, does that, would that be a claim that we would look into or something that, um, would that kind of fall under this uh, premises liability and negligent security? Yeah, we, we've represented uh, folk in the past who have injured, uh, been injured, trying to evacuate or exit a place where something violent was occurring, whether it was a shooting or, or a fight, a melee, whatever you want to call it, and they were injured trying to escape, uh, then yes, those, those patrons, those customers have claims. If it's an employee, however, that's a different situation because in Georgia law, generally speaking, employees cannot sue their employers in civil court, which is the type of court that a lawyer like myself um, uh, goes to for these claims. That employee is obligated in most circumstances to pursue whatever injury case they have through the workers' compensation system. We don't do workers' compensation law here. We recognize it for what it is, but if there's a case like that, we refer it to someone who is expert in workers' compensation law. But that is set up for employees who need to make a claim against their employer uh, for their injuries that occurred while they were on the job. Okay, that is really good information. I'm sure, I know it's, it's new. I'm always learning new things. So that's new and that applies to, um, you know, some responses or even some inquiries that we've seen online um, and some frequently asked questions that I've seen when looking up uh, premises liability versus workers comp. So in your opinion, from a lawyer's perspective, I won't say it could be your opinion. It could be fact that you know. Um, how can patrons protect themselves against this happening, if even possible? Well, it, it's it's hard at times because um, when you go to a place or you go out to eat or you go to a hotel, you aren't necessarily thinking uh, that you could be shot or assaulted. You know, it's not necessarily the thing that's at the top of your mind. Um, at the same time, though, the the and, and this is what we're always told our entire lives, and it, it bears true. Use good common sense. Um, if if you need gas and it's two o'clock in the morning, and the gas station you're next to is in an area of town where you know um, that there is criminal activity out on the street, drug dealing, prostitution, and that sort of thing, you probably don't want to stop at the gas station that's right in the middle of that, okay? Um, if you are uh, by yourself late at night, uh, you may not want to stop at the store or the convenience station, convenience store, or, or, or the motel in that circumstance it's it's or if you, you you hear that there are things going on um in an area you you may want to try to avoid now it, it gets hard don't i'm not this isn't lost to us that sometimes it's hard 
or impossible to avoid some of these some of these areas. Uh, it's just hard at times. Um, uh, sometimes our, our, our clients live in apartment complexes that aren't necessarily uh, the safest places. And for, for various reasons, they don't have the resources to say, I'm just going to move uh, to some place with, you know, 24 hour security and a big gate and, and that sort of thing. And uh, that is an aspect of this job that, uh, that I've realized over the years. And that saddens me is that, negligence and negligent security but 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 negligence affects people with uh without resources financial resources the most um and so it's uh, oftentimes a situation where those with the least still get piled on because they're the victims the most and and so sometimes it's, it's hard to avoid some of these places but um be, being a good watch um using common sense um asking questions uh being aware of your surroundings really being aware of your surroundings if there's something that looks sketchy go the other way um they, these are really the best things you can do to, to try to avoid uh, finding yourself in a bad situation, uh, if particularly if you're in a place that you can't really easily leave. Right. So just a few follow-up questions. It looks like we don't have any from the chat, which is cool. We can always have people send us uh, inf like any questions later. Um, that's why we, we prepped, I prepped to have some. Maybe I just asked really good questions. That also could be it too. Um, yes, yes, excellent question. <laughs> thanks. So this is also a question that we get a lot um, and calls that we get a lot of people who are looking to fulfill claims or to, to tell us about their situation. What if a shooting or an assault, physical sexual assault happens on their own property? So on, you know, the right outside their door in their own house things like that. Um, we usually would refer to the criminal side of law, but is there any avenue from the civil side that can be approached? So if the property owner, I guess I have to look at this from a couple of different perspectives. If the property owner is the one involved in the assault, um, then, oh, on his or her property, then the the victim, and whether it's, whether whether the criminal justice system gets involved uh, or not, the victim always has a civil claim against the assailant, even if it doesn't occur on a commercial property, even if it occurs in a public park. The victim has a claim against the assailant. The question is, does the assailant have the funds to pay for the claim? Typically, typically not. Um, so that's why we look to businesses and insurance that we know is there to provide compensation for the claim. So if the assailant is the property owner, the victim has a claim against the assailant, but the assailant 
uh, may not have the funds or resources to pay. If the assailant's property is a business, that business insurance is still not going to pay for the intentional criminal act of the owner. That's just not going to happen. All right. Now, if it's a circumstance where it's a, a home and um, there are two guests at the home who get involved in an assault, will the homeowners, is the homeowner responsible for that or is the homeowner's insurance responsible for that? And the answer to that is almost certainly no. Um, that is just not how it's set up to operate. If your guests come into your home and they fight each other, um, then uh, the law is not going to allow them to turn around and and sue sue you. Well, if you did something to start it, like if you said, "Hey, hey, hey, Bob," you know, um, uh, or you set up a fight somehow uh, through your words or actions, then those combatants could sue you as an individual but there's no way they can get to say your homeowner's insurance. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. That, that makes it real interesting actually. So if you have been, if, if not you, but I guess you too, if someone has been hurt or they know someone who has been hurt been shot, been uh, injured at all in an assault, and let's just say it is, not at their home. It is just out in the world in Georgia and Atlanta. What are the steps you recommend they take, like the step-by-step to, to go ahead and um, just take in general? Yeah. Obviously, if, if someone's been physically assaulted, shot, um, medical attention first and foremost, and notification of the authorities, um, those things should take place automatically. Um, where it gets a little uh, um, difficult from the civil side is we as lawyers would like to be contacted about the potential claims you might have as quickly as possible because the sooner we're contacted, the sooner we can do the things that are necessary to preserve the evidence, okay? So for example, if you get shot at a gas station, there is there are probably security cameras there that maybe hopefully recorded the incident. But most gas stations, most places maintain their security footage for only a short amount of time. Uh, sometimes as short as 24 hours, uh, but usually at least a week, some of them for 30 days, some indefinitely, but usually that footage gets recorded over or deleted after a period of time. And so if you retain a lawyer like me, we can do our best to make sure that gas station preserves preserves that evidence and does not destroy it. But if it's if you come to us a year later, we may not be able to, to do that. On the other hand, while we want you to come to us as quickly as possible, at least here at, at our firm, I always tell people your number one priority is getting better. Okay? Physically better and mentally better. The law gives us two years in most circumstances. It can change. Um, it can change, in other words, the period to file a claim or to give notice to the defendant may be shorter than two years. But generally speaking, two years to file a claim in court. 
to file a case in court. So if a shooting occurs today, we have time to pursue it. And so if you don't come to us for a year, that's okay from the standpoint of still having time to file a lawsuit. Although it may not be okay from the standpoint of having done what was necessary to preserve the evidence. Yeah, that makes sense. So awesome. Uh, well, that has reached the end of my questions. Are there any cases and just as a disclaimer and for understanding of the audience, we can't be too specific on names and dates of things that happen uh, because we want to protect our clients and ourselves as well. Um, we have that confidentiality. But are there any cases that come to mind that you have as examples of where we're able to serve justice to help our client in a similar case? Well, you know, there unfortunately have been a number of cases um, over the years where we've represented shooting victims. Um, but I, you, you, when we talked earlier, alluded to a case, and this, this was not a big damages case uh, from this, the, the, the standpoint of someone being catastrophically hurt. But we represented a lady who went to a laundromat um, in downtown or near downtown Atlanta, actually over by Atlanta Medical Center. And she was there um, doing her laundry and someone pulled into the parking lot and started shooting at people inside the laundromat. And so she got up and ran toward the back door to, to exit. And when she went out the door, she fell and she broke her leg. She was not shot, um, but she fell and broke her leg exiting, uh, trying to, to, to run for safety. And so we took on her case and got a good settlement for her um, as a result of the negligent security claims we, we raised. So, um, but, but yes, we, we represent um, clients who have been shot and it's, it's one of the saddest uh, aspects of, of the job because we see people whose lives have been devastated, absolutely devastated by gun violence. And sometimes, uh, sometimes we actually see the video footage of the shooting occurring. And, um, you know, it puts a lot of things in perspective. Yeah. Well, I am glad to be part of a team that is helping to, as you said, give voice and give resources to those who may not have or think they have the resources to get the justice they need from negligent security, from the effects of you know, gun violence, assault, or things that happen that are just out of their control um, and unexpected when they are just out trying to live their lives. So thank you for uh, answering those questions. And I'm really excited for being able to share some of these, uh, a lot of this knowledge across uh, on our website. So if people are looking for information, they can find it. So thanks, Rod. All right, thank you. All right, so before we go, so before you click us off, um, just want to, again, thank everybody who is, if you watch live, awesome. If you are uh, catching this later, awesome as well. So thanks for tuning in. Um, we will upload this to our podcast as well, which is for justice's sake. Uh, you can find it on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. We're trying to be almost anywhere there are podcasts, so we're working on that. So stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
or TikTok at Dixon Firm. And you can um, sign up for our monthly newsletter, which will give you a chance to win a $50 gift card every month. So we have been giving those out since I think May or June. So we get out one a month uh, every month. And if you have a case referral or a consultation request, you can click the link in our YouTube. We will put the link in our bio as well. Or you can call us, and that number is 888-DIXON-11. That's 888-349-6611. And, of course, again, thanks for listening. Stay safe, for justice's sake. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks.